I wish I could be there with you in person. Um, I'm honored to get to share the word of God with you via video. Uh, for those of you whom I haven't gotten to meet, my name is Daryl. I'm an elder at XICF. And in January, my family had to leave Shaman because of a family emergency here in the United States. So I left in January. My wife and children came in February. And after we got here, um, our tickets to go back to China were canceled because of COVID-19. And shortly after that, the Lord began to work in our hearts and we began to feel like maybe God was uh, telling us to stay here in America. And just a few days after we felt like God was speaking that, our second set of tickets got canceled because China closed its borders to foreigners. And so it became impossible for us to go back. And we felt like, well, I suppose that's confirmation from, from what we were sensing from the Lord. So we don't really know why God is keeping us here in America, but we trust that it's going to be good because following Jesus always is. So we're believing God that he's, uh, he's wonderful. And as long as we have Jesus, we have all that we need. But I do miss you. I do wish I could be there with you in person. But I'm so honored to get to share via video. So would you pray with me? And then we're going to look at the word of God together. Father, I thank you that your word is not bound. And that this morning your word will produce good fruit. And your word will accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make this word come alive. I pray that you would cause this word to transform us and to remake us according to the pattern of Jesus, according to the likeness of Jesus, that we would be transformed and each of us would become more like Jesus Christ. I pray that we would have an experience of Jesus reigning over us as king and an experience of how good his kingdom is. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making all of this available to us by your death and resurrection. We welcome you in our midst to have your way. We surrender to you. We yield to your word. We say yes to whatever you would ask us to do today, Father. Whatever it is, our answer is already yes, because we know how good you are, how much you love us, and we trust you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I have the honor of sharing God's word with you. And the title of the message this morning is A Salad to Change the World. And I'm going to put a salad picture right here. We're going to read from Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Now, Hebrews is an amazing book. You may recall uh, about two years ago, Brother Jay preached a message from the book of Hebrews, and he shared with us some of what makes Hebrews so remarkable and so unique. Now, I'm not going to revisit what Brother Jay shared, but if you're interested, his sermon is available on the XICF website in the sermon archives. I'll put that picture here. Now, Hebrews unveils the supremacy of Jesus Christ in order to persuade the readers of the book, to persuade the audience not to drift from their faith in Jesus 
as Lord and as Messiah, and to continue in the Christian community. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25, what we're looking at is an interesting part of the book because in many ways, it's a summary and an application of everything the author has said up to this point. So let's read the text together. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, so now he's saying because of, therefore, because of chapters one to nine and everything he wrote in chapter 10, because of all this, which he's talking about how we have a new covenant, how we have access to God through Jesus, how we have uh, better promises, how Jesus is superior to Moses. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest, Over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. Now, I mentioned that the title of my sermon is A Salad to Change the World. And in this text, three times, the author writes about lettuce. (laughs) So, let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us consider. This is the part where you can boo or whatever. (laughs) Now, this is no ordinary salad. These three lettuces, these three let us's, I believe can transform our community at XICF and wherever we fellowship around the world. That we can change our communities And we can change the world. First, let us draw near. This speaks to intimacy with God. The exhortation of verse 22 is so mind-blowing, so radical, so profound, that the author of Hebrews has been building up to it for 10 chapters. How could we, sinful, finite mortals, ever hope to interact with a holy, eternal God, the author shows us. It's by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, the flesh of Jesus. God has opened for us a new and living way to be in relationship with him, to literally allow our spirit to be united with his spirit. So humanity, human beings are spiritual beings. 
We have a body and we have a soul, but we also have an eternal spirit. And it's in our eternal spirit. That's what makes us human. That's why hitting a dog with your car and hitting a person with your car are two totally different things. Because people have a spirit. And that's what it means to be made in the image of God, to have an eternal spirit. And so God has made a way for us spirit to be, for our spirit to be joined with his spirit. First Corinthians 6 17 says, if anyone is one with the Lord, his, or if anyone is joined to the Lord, his spirit is one with the Lord's spirit. And this is not a way of dead works. It's a new way. It's a living way. It's the, the way is a person. Jesus said that I am the way. And God has made available to us the most precious, most sacred place that exists. The holy places of his presence. So Jesus Christ has entered into the holy places before us as a forerunner. So Jesus went first, and now he invites us to be there with him. Remember, Jesus told his disciples, where I'm going, you may also be there. Now, he's not talking only about going to heaven when we die, because Ephesians says that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. So leading up to this passage in Hebrews chapter 9, the author of Hebrews contrasted the old way with the new way. So under the old way, the high priest could enter into the holy place, only the high priest, no one else. Now under the new way, any believer in Jesus can enter. Under the old way, the priest would only go in once a year. Under the new way, we can go in whenever we want. Under the old way, the priest came with the blood of bulls and goats. And under the new way, Jesus has sprinkled our hearts with his own blood. We have been purchased with the very blood of God. Acts 20, 28 says that, that God purchased us with his blood, talking about that Jesus was God in the flesh. And Jesus is now our high priest. So people who don't think that we live under a new covenant have not understood that if you have a different priesthood, that automatically requires a new covenant. So Jesus is not from the line of Aaron. So for Jesus to be our high priest, there has to be a new covenant. So Jesus has made a new covenant for us. Now God has made all of the provision that we need to be in his presence. God has provided the sacrifice for us to be with him. So it's not about what good we do, how often we read our Bible, how many good deeds we do, that we keep all of the laws perfectly. It's about Jesus is adequate. In Hebrews, it also says that Jesus is the guarantor of our covenant. I recently had surgery on my knee. And when I went to get this surgery, the, the hospital, the, the place where I was getting the surgery, before they even let me basically come in the door, they said, we want to know how you're going to pay for this. They wanted proof that I would be able to pay. And so in all these forms they had me sign, it all, it said the guarantor. Who is the guarantor? Who's going to make sure these bills get paid? And so I wrote down myself. I said, I'm the guarantor. I'm going to guarantee that these bills get paid. But in our covenant with God, Jesus is the guarantor. We don't keep the covenant by being good people. Jesus guarantees the covenant is kept for all of eternity. So it's Jesus Christ that guarantees our right standing before God. 
And that is awesome. So Jesus has opened the way for us to be in fellowship with God. Listen to this. This is from 2 Corinthians. It says, He made him to be sin who knew no sin in order that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. Now, how do we get to enter this holy place? Isn't that just after we die, isn't that about going to heaven? How can we be in his presence if we're sitting here, you're sitting there in XICF, I'm standing here in Colorado. How can we be in the presence of God if we're really just in the presence of one another? Now, it's been a long time, but almost a year ago now, I preached a sermon called Texting with God. What does it mean to relate to God, a person, not a human, but a person that we can't see, we can't hear, we can't touch, we can't smell? You may recall that we talked about the difference between our spirit and our soul and our body, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. That when I communicate with you and when you communicate with me and when you're sitting there in XICF, you're used to using your five senses. You're accustomed to relating to one another according to the five physical senses that you have in your body. Your sense of smell and sight and touch and, and, and hearing and, and all these things. That's how we relate to other human beings. But God is a spirit, John 4, 24 says, and that God is seeking those who will relate to him in the spirit. Now, this requires faith. Faith is a prerequisite for drawing near to God. For those who only want to live according to the flesh, it doesn't work to live by faith. It's a deal breaker. For unbelievers, people who don't believe, it's foolishness. The Bible says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ, even now. And like learning anything new, we can expect learning how to interact with God in the spirit and make ourselves aware of spiritual realities. It's going to be a process. Growing and maturing in our relationship with God is going to take patience. We operate in two realms, the realm of the earth, our physical senses here, and the realm of the kingdom. As human beings, this is our privilege, this is our honor. We get to be the gateway, we get to be the conduit to bring the kingdom to earth. Our bodies are now the temple of God. Remember in the old covenant, the temple was this place of connection between heaven and earth where the people would meet with God and God would meet with the people. And now the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of God. We are the connection. We are the gateway between heaven and earth because we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus has made available to us in the new covenant. And so Hebrews is exhorting us, let us draw near. It's an invitation to intimacy. It's the first lettuce of our salad to change the world, to let us draw near. The second lettuce, the second piece of our salad to change the world is an exhortation to hold back to the confession of our hope without wavering. Let us hold back, perhaps, You've been a believer for some time, but you've grown disillusioned with the church. Perhaps you feel disappointed with God. Perhaps you feel disappointed with the church. Perhaps some of you here are disappointed with the leadership of SICF. And perhaps some of you.
some of you are even disappointed with me. But the author of Hebrews offers everyone a single reason to hold fast to the confession of Jesus God will not fail. His word will not fail. So as we look at our green lettuce, we're going to notice the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for So we see that let us hold fast. If we're not confident that we can draw near to God, if we're not confident that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all unrighteousness according to 1 John 1, if we think that God is still counting our sin against us, we won't want to draw near. We should be embarrassed. If we do not draw near, the harder we'll find it to maintain our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The more Christianity will be a religion. The more we want to join, when I understand that God sees me as blameless, that God relates to me as the very righteousness of Jesus Christ, the more I want to believe Him, the more time I spend aware of God's nearness to me and my It's a call to community. The natural habitat of the Christian, of the believer, is church. The church is not the building that you're sitting in, or even the, 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 the meaning of this people together where we sing songs. The church is the people of Jesus Christ who have been called out of this world to represent His government. The kingdom of God. And I would encourage you, I have a podcast called What Did Jesus Mean 
when he used the word church. And I would encourage you to check that out because our understanding of church in a modern sense, I think is very different than what Jesus had in mind. But the church is meant to be the body that represents God's government, like a a royal family, exactly like a royal family, not even like a royal family, a royal family that represents the royal government to the world. Madame Jean Guyon once wrote, It is my highest happiness to see the reign of Jesus Christ extending itself in the hearts of God's people. An external religion has too much usurped the place of the religion of the heart. So when we speak of the church, we're not talking about attending a church service where we sing songs and listen to a sermon, even though, of course, that's a good thing. I'm glad y'all are here. I'm glad we get to sing together. I'm not against that. But when we talk about being part of a community of faith, the ecclesia was the Greek word for church. We're talking about the royal priestly family of administ- that administrates the reign of Jesus on the earth. This is the church. We are the expression of Jesus Christ on the earth. So the body, or so the Bible calls us the body of Christ. Yes, we gather to worship together. We gather to sing songs together. We gather to hear the word. We gather to fellowship with one another. But our primary function as the body of Christ is to administrate his kingdom and to represent his government. So, I wonder if I could invite you to daydream with me for a moment. I wonder if we could take a few moments and use our imaginations to engage with God. In the quietness of this moment, and and I don't know if it's quiet there or not, because there may be construction on the street or a baby crying in the congregation, but in your own spirit, in the quietness of your own spirit, I'd like to invite you to imagine with me. I wonder if you can imagine with me what a community of people who plot and scheme to love and encourage each other would be like. Can you imagine taking time out of your day to think about how to create an inspiring moment for another believer in our fellowship. Do you know what I mean by an inspiring moment? Have you ever had one of those? Maybe you've seen somebody exercising or you see someone working really hard or you see somebody accomplish something and something inside you clicks and you think, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. And you get determined to act because you've been inspired Can you imagine being part of a community where the members of the community are intentional and do their best to create those types of moments for one another? Where you think, I know my sister is going through a hard time. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit for an idea. I'm going to consider. Remember the, 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 the call is to consider how we can stir each other up. I'm going to consider how can I create a moment for my struggling brother or sister? How can I inspire them? How can I stir them up? How can I help elevate them to be everything that God is inviting them to be? Can you imagine a community where we plot 
and we scheme and then we execute our plans to inspire each other, to encourage each other, to love each other, to help each other become everything God has called us to where every member of the community is valued and esteemed and important, where each and every individual, regardless of their nationality, their race, their gender, their intellect, their talents or abilities, every member is valued. Each person in the community has someone, maybe even multiple people, scheming, plotting, colluding with one another on how to elevate that person to their calling in God. What would a community like that be like? A community where we're believing the best for one another, where we're pushing one another toward abundant life that Jesus has purchased for us. Not where we're condemning each other, where we're remembering each other's faults, where we're pointing out each other's shortcomings, but where we're bearing with one another. We're forgiving one another's failures. We're not keeping a record of one another's wrongs. We're not trying to use each other or get anything from one another, but we only want the best for one another. Can you imagine a community like that? I believe we can have a community like that at XICF. In fact, XICF is the closest thing I've ever seen to a community like that. I believe XICF, XICF can continue and can even grow in becoming that community. I believe XICF can be a church that changes the world. Now, I'm not talking about becoming a famous church. We don't want to be a famous church. We don't need to be a famous church. I'm talking about becoming a people so committed to God that lives are changed. And that when people leave our church, like almost everyone does after a few years, that they're sent out with a vision of what it means to be the physical manifestation of Christ's body on the earth. And they go and change lives in Ghana, in Canada, in Nigeria, in Cambodia, in Sri Lanka, in the United States, in the Philippines, in Mexico, in whatever nation God would send us to. This kind of community, a community where we might abandon our lives to loving one another can only be born out of an intimacy, a nearness to the one who loves us perfectly. As we draw near to him, remember, let us draw near. Let us hold fast. And let us consider how we encourage each other. So as we draw near to him, we make space in our lives to be with God. We craft our days to spend time attentive to his presence in the proximity in which Christ has placed us to God, this nearness that Jesus has provided for us. As we spend time in that place, we're transformed and we become certain, convinced, for hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5. We become convinced to hold fast to our confession without any wavering. It's out of intimacy and certainty that a community that considers one another and seeks to spur one another on and inspires one another can form and can flourish. So in closing, my brothers and sisters, a salad to change the world. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. And let us consider, let us be thoughtful, let us be intentional in how we encourage and love one another. 
We are a community comprised of people from over 40 different nations. Many of us will only live in Shaman for two or three years. I believe we are in this city for this moment to be a prophetic picture to the world of all nations worshiping Jesus. And it saddens me that I'm not there with you. But I believe God has put you there for that purpose nevertheless. We are from different cultures, different denominations, different languages, different political beliefs, and countless other differences. But we are united under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have all encountered his grace and his spirit binds us together. I would like to encourage us this morning. Let us draw near to God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Let us build lives that revolve around God's goodness and majesty. And let us remain steadfast in our hope. Let us be intentional in being part of a small group community, not only here on Sunday mornings, but you have to be part of a small group. The, the, you know, the, the small group, the small group community is more important than the Sunday morning meeting because that's where you will grow. That's where you will have connection. That's where you can form meaningful relationships. If as a community, we can embrace these three lettuces, these three let us, we will change the world. I'd like to give you the opportunity to respond to God's word this morning. Let's just take a moment and see what God is speaking to us individually. If you haven't ever drawn near to God, if you think, I don't have access to God. I've never had an experience of drawing near to God. Then I would invite you to surrender your heart to Jesus right now. It's easy to, to, to give your life to Jesus. You just surrender to him. You believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross and that God raised him from the dead and you make him your Lord. That means he becomes your king and whatever he does, you say. And when you give your life to Jesus like that, the Bible says, that you get born again, that he gives you a new spirit and you become his child. If you want to do that, just open your heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I believe you're God's son. Please forgive me of my sin and make me your child. Maybe you're in a place where the call to remain steadfast where it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Maybe you've lost your hope. Maybe you need prayer this morning from a deacon or an elder or, or a small group leader or someone you trust. Let me pray with you right now. If that's you, God, I pray for those who are doubting. Your word says to be merciful to those who doubt. Father God, if you tell us, your church, to be merciful to those who doubt, we can have assurance that you, in fact, are merciful to those who doubt. Your word tells us that uh, even when we're faithless, you are faithful because you cannot deny yourself, that you have joined us to yourself and that you won't deny us. God, I pray for those who are struggling to hold on to the confession of their hope. I pray that you would strengthen them and that they would make a choice to get involved in a small group so that their faith might be strengthened. 
And for those, uh, maybe you're in a place where you're saying, yes, that's what I need. I need authentic community. I want to be part of a small group. I would encourage you to get in touch with our brother, Yako. He's leading the small group ministry now. And you have to be part of a small group. You have to connect with other believers. If you just come on Sunday mornings and you shake a few hands and you leave, but no one knows what's going on in your heart, you're not going to experience the family of God the way that God intends for you to. So if you would like to be connected with a small group, uh, Yako, maybe now if you're in the building, you can hoot and holler and raise your arms. And, and y'all go find Yako and get connected to a small group. XICF. May the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. God bless you. that blows and every stream that flows we hear your tenderness and every star that glows and every cell that grows it's clear your excellence God you're beautiful you're so beautiful Greater than galaxies or any massive piece, you're one. Begotten Son of all your awesome deeds, you saved your enemies and won our salvation. God, you're beautiful. You're so beautiful.
You are so beautiful 